to build, what to build. Oh, come on, Lucy. Wow, you're a builder. You're a maker. You're a... <gasps> I got it! Tool call. Hammer. Hammer. Wrench. Wrench. Drill. Drill. Great job, Kapow. Great job, Kapow. Oh, no, wait, that's me. Great job, Lucy Wow. Oh, brother. Now all we have to do is turn this thing on. Let the show begin. Hello, one and all. It's me, Kapow, the mechanical pygmy goat, coming to you live from Lucy Wow's barn in Pflugerville. Now... You may know me best as Lucy's sidekick, or perhaps you know me as Pflugerville's expert fish walker. That's right! If you're out of town and you need someone to take your fish for a walk, Kapow is the goat for you! But today, I won't be walking trout. I'll be hosting as we discuss my favorite subject, invention! Now, you may be thinking, why does Kapow love invention so much? Well, my friends, I'll tell you why. I love invention because I was invented. That's right. Every inch of me from my body made of tools to my butt that plays music like a boombox was invented by Lucy Wow. How could I not love inventions when I am one? Inventions are everywhere and so are inventors. In fact, you might be an inventor yourself and not even know it. Anyone from anywhere can be an inventor. You can start inventing with nothing more than a little bit of imagination and a whole lot of bit of bravery. Which brings us to today's invention. The parachute. Now, I love syrup, but have you ever thought about the first person who saw sticky stuff coming out of a tree and decided to taste it? Or how about the person who dove head first rather than jumped feet first into water? Were they scared they would hurt their face? And who was the first goat to walk a fish? Oh, wait, that was me! It takes bravery to try something new, but has there ever been an invention that took more bravery to test out than a parachute? I don't care how many times you've done the math or how many crash test dummies you've tried. Jumping off something high with nothing but a piece of fabric to slow you down takes a brave goat. Now, it's not 100% clear who the first person or goat was to come up with the idea of the parachute. But the earliest mention of parachutes on record come from Leonardo da Vinci. Ah. Long before planes or helicopters, Leonardo imagined and sketched out a parachute in one of his journals from the 1400s. But he has never tested one out as far as we know. The first person to do that was a Croatian man named Faust Vrancic. Faust constructed a device based on da Vinci's drawings. Vrancic's parachute was made out of local fabric with a wooden frame to help it keep shape. Once it was built, Faust jumped from a Venice tower in 1617 and successfully drifted to the ground. Don't try that at home, kids! Now, Faust had done the parachute jump, but remember, in the 1600s, there were no planes or flying machines, so his creation didn't have much purpose. But then, the hot air balloon became popular. For the first time in history, someone needed a way to get safely to the ground when things went wrong in the sky. The problem with the Da Vinci design, though, was that it was made of a rigid wooden frame to hold its shape. 
and this made it too big to fit in a hot air balloon basket. Frenchman Jean-Pierre Blanchard, a hot air balloon enthusiast, developed the first foldable parachute made from silk. This innovation allowed a balloonist to carry a parachute on their flights. In 1793, Blanchard claimed to have escaped from a hot air balloon that exploded with his folded up parachute. However, there were no witnesses, so he may have been lying. In 1797, Andrew Garneran became the first person to jump with a parachute without a rigid frame with witnesses. But he didn't just do it once. Garneran kept jumping. He even jumped from hot air balloons as high as 8,000 feet in the air for fun. So you might say that Garneran invented skydiving as a hobby. Garneran also designed the first air vent in a parachute intended to reduce oscillations. Or in other words, he designed a parachute that would float smoothly. When opened, the Andrew Garneran parachute resembled a huge umbrella about 30 feet in diameter and was made out of canvas. But for all of his advancements, there was one thing that Garneran never was able to think up. The harness! A harness is part of the parachute that loops over your shoulders and body. Garneron and Blanchard both had to hold on to their parachutes with their bare hands. Talk about holding on for dear life! In 1887, Captain Thomas Baldwin invented the first parachute harness. Now you could wear a parachute on your back in case of emergency. Due to this innovation, by the time planes took to the air, parachutes were ready. Ah. While all of this was happening, Stanley Switlick owned a company called Canvas Leather Specialty Company that made items like leather hampers, golf bags, and mailbags. However, after Switlick saw his first parachuter, he switched to parachutes. The first parachute company was now making them in a hurry. But with all of these parachutes being made, he needed a way to test them out. So in 1934, Stanley and his friend George Putnam built a 115-foot-tall tower on Stanley's farm in Ocean County to use for test jumps. Who did the first public jump from the tower? Well, that was George's wife, the famous pilot Amelia Earhart. Witnessed by a crowd of reporters and officials from the Army and Navy, she described the descent as loads of fun. So that's right! Amelia Earhart is the mother of parachuting for fun! Because of her, parachuting is now a part of everyday life. We see it on TV, in movies, at sporting events, and air shows. You probably even know someone who has done it. And more importantly, thousands of pilots are alive today because of the parachute. And none of it could have happened if people like Amelia hadn't been brave enough to take a risk. Oh, hi there! Welcome back to Pflugerville! It's me, Kapow, the mechanical pygmy goat, beaming into your ears all the way from Lucy Wow's barn. You know, being Lucy Wow's psychic is a lot of fun, but it's also a lot of work. With Lucy, every day is a new adventure in building and invention. But luckily, I've mastered the art of the power nap, which means I still have time for projects of my own, like... Huh? What happened? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Power nap. Where was I? Oh, right. My special side project. This podcast dedicated to my favorite subject, invention. Why is invention my favorite subject? 
because I am an invention. That's right. Lucy Wow invented me in order to add a little kapow to her wow. People invent all sorts of things, from mechanical pygmy goats to new ways to listening to music. There's an endless world of possibilities out there. Today, we're going to talk about an invention that changed the way people travel. I'm talking about... Ride-sharing apps. Have you ever taken an Uber or hailed a Lyft? It's pretty easy, right? Someone takes out a phone, and soon a car arrives, knowing your name and where you're going. It's a part of daily life now. But did you know that just over 10 years ago, it didn't exist? Whoa. Let's take a look at how we got here. In the year 1605, the first ride service is believed to have been started. It was a little different than Uber, though. Back then, they didn't have phones or cars. They had horses and carriages, or at least some people did. One of these people realized that people who didn't have a horse and carriage would pay to take a ride in theirs. And just like that, the taxi was created. Now, it was 200 years later, in 1908, that the first car-based taxi service started. But it was still a long way from Uber. You see, a taxi, or a cab, is a car that's whole purpose is giving rides. A professional taxi driver spends all day driving around, looking for people raising their hands to show they want a ride. It would take another 100 years before someone thought of a way to improve on that. And those someones were two friends named Travis and Garrett. Travis and Garrett went to Paris in 2008. They were attending a conference called Le Web. Le Web was a gathering that happened every year where smart people who worked in technology got together to talk about what the future could be. Now, both Travis and Garrett had started companies and both men had sold those companies for millions of dollars. But even with all that money, they couldn't get a ride back to the hotel after Le Web was over. They were less stuck. They kept trying to find a taxi, but there weren't any to be found. Now, rather than just being frustrated and walking back to their hotel in a bad mood, the men did what inventors always do when there's a problem. They tried to think up a solution. They looked around at all of the cars driving on the street in front of them and they thought, what if you could somehow ask one of those strangers to give you a ride? And this idea grew and grew until finally, the two inventors decided that it was too good to ignore. It was time to turn their idea into a reality. They decided to call the company Uber, which means better than the rest in German, and test it out in New York in early 2010 using only three cars. The way it worked was a driver would download an app onto their phone, and that app would notify them if anyone needed a ride. The app would tell the driver the person's name and their location and give them directions to where they needed to go. Meanwhile, people who needed a ride could download an app that would find them one of those drivers. The test was a success, and so in May, they opened Uber in San Francisco. Suddenly, the road wasn't just full of strangers, it was full of friends who could give you a ride. With a tap of a button, a car could be ordered, a map would pop up, and the cost of the ride was charged to the card of the user. Wow! It was so easy and convenient that it was immediately successful. The idea that wouldn't stop growing became a company that wouldn't stop growing. Less than two years later, Uber had moved across the US and was in Paris, the city where the idea was born. 
Uber is now one of the most famous companies in the world, and it has expanded from giving rides to delivering food and renting scooters. It has drivers in over 900 cities worldwide and over 93 million monthly active users. And Uber's not alone. There are now companies like Lyft that also rideshare. We now live in a world where an app on your phone can bring you anywhere and bring anything to you with nothing more than the push of your finger. And all of it because two guys who couldn't get a ride home decided to invent a solution rather than complain or, you know, walk. Oh, hi there! Welcome back to Pflugerville! It's me, Kapow, the mechanical pygmy goat, beaming into your ears all the way from Lucy Wow's barn. You know, being Lucy Wow's sidekick is a lot of fun, but it's also a lot of work. Luckily, I've mastered the art of the power nap, which means I still have energy for projects of my own, like inventing Kapow's silent alarm clock. Don't you hate being woken up by an alarm? Well, my new alarm clock is silent, so you can just sleep right through it all day long. Another project that PowerNaps have allowed me to invent is this podcast about invention. Why do I love invention so much? Because I am an invention. That's right. Lucy Wow invented me, and I invented the silent alarm clock, my goats. Now, today's invention... <laughs> Sorry, power nap! Now, where was I? Oh, right! Today's invention is the bicycle. Everyone knows what a bicycle is. They're part of everyday life. There are all sorts. Road bikes, mountain bikes, even electric bikes. You may even know how to ride one yourself. But bicycles don't come from eggs like a chicken. Someone had to invent them. Though, a bicycle omelet does sound pretty tasty. Hmm... So let's take a look at who hatched this wheelie invention. <laughs> Back in the day, if you didn't have a horse or a really big dog to ride, you were walking. But humans got tired of this pretty quickly and started looking for solutions everywhere they could. In the 1400s, Leonardo da Vinci designed the first bicycle. Wow! But Leo's design was never turned into a working model and was quickly forgotten. So, for 400 more years, horses stayed the only way to get down the road without getting your new sneakers dirty. But even though Leo's bike never came to life, his dream of spinning wheels wouldn't go away. Finally, in the early 19th century, Carl van Dries, a German baron, turned that dream into an invention he called Laufmaschine, or running machine. The running machine was made of two wheels that were held together with one long metal bar. The way it worked was the driver would straddle the bar and run with it between their legs until they had gathered speed. And then they would raise their legs in the air and roll along, balancing on the bar. It was fun, though not super safe, and spread across Europe until it reached England, where it was renamed the Dandy Horse. With a name like that, its popularity only grew. But while the dandy horse was popular for almost 40 years, it was never practical as a way to get around town. I mean, how would you feel running to school carrying a giant stick with wheels? But then, Pierre Michaud and Pierre Laliman came up with an idea that changed the dandy horse into something even dandier. They attached pedals to the front wheel and installed a driver's seat on the support beam. 
Now you could sit on it comfortably and make it move without running on the ground. They had just invented the bicycle. They called this first bicycle the Bone Shaker because, well, it wasn't exactly a smooth ride with its heavy iron frame and hard rubber tires. <laughs> no one cared about the bone shaking though, and it was immediately a hit. It just wasn't safe. You couldn't steer it like a modern bike, so you had to lean to turn, and there was no bike chain, so the wheels didn't turn at the same speed, which meant the cyclists spent a lot of time on the ground where their sneakers would get dirty. In 1885, John Kemp Starley created the Rover, a bike that had a chain and a steerable front wheel. While the running machine and the bone shaker had been popular, the Rover changed the world. It was so easy to ride and so safe that it ignited the golden age of bicycles. Bikes weren't just fun and exciting anymore. They were practical. Well, much cheaper than a horse, a bicycle could go faster and farther than a person ever could go on their own two feet. If you had a rover, you could go to a town 20 miles away and arrive with clean sneakers. Soon, the roads were filled with two-wheelers and each day, bike makers were inventing new features like brakes and bells for handlebars. In the 1960s and 70s, new lightweight bikes made of aluminum and carbon fiber started coming out. At the same time, a new passion for exercise had just hit the USA, and these two factors made a whole new bicycle boom. And people didn't just want to ride around town on these new bikes, they wanted to go everywhere, and they wanted to go there fast. Soon you had all sorts of bikes, racing bikes, BMX bikes, mountain bikes, multi-gear, single gear, and even electric bikes started going to the party. And that party's still going strong. Today, worldwide, production of bicycles is in the range of 125 to 130 billion. Cycling is one of the biggest sports in the world. And from Hong Kong to Amsterdam, arches to Boulder, people can be seen pedaling home from work with a smile on their face and no mud on their sneakers. Well, folks, we've come to the end of another Kapow's Power of Invention podcast. Come back tomorrow when I'll be covering more inventors and inventions. And while you're waiting, you do realize there are just a slew of shows that take place in Pflugerville, right? It's true! There's Bobby Wonder, who's trying to protect Pflugerville from Mighty Mila, and Lucy Wow over in the Big Red Barn, inventing all sorts of cool stuff with her mechanical pygmy goat Kapow. Hey, that's me! Lucy goes big, and then she goes bigger! Oh, and if you like strange and spooky stories, you should check out R.L. Stein's Story Club. That's a real winner! I'm in the club, so I get to hear all the stories. And you can too! Keep on the lights, folks! Just search for Bobby Wonder, Lucy Wow, or R.L. Stein Story Club, wherever you get your podcasts, and you'll find your way! I get a lot of excitement as Lucy Wow's sidekick. Sometimes it overwhelms me and I just, well, you know, faint! Well, today I got the most exciting news and I, and I, Oh, is it Kapow? Deep breaths. Don't faint! I'm on a t-shirt and a hoodie and a sticker and ah, I'm famous! The most famous mechanical pygmy goats ever live! Go to gokidgo.com and check me out! Lucy Wild merchandise is now available and you know you need more Kapow in your life! Until next time, this is Kapow signing off! Go Kid Go! Go Kid Go!